Hello and welcome to the Essential B2B podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This podcast is the audio taken from our webinar, Attention and How to Get It. I was joined once again by a brilliant panel. We had a fantastic discussion. There are plenty of actionable tips and tricks to take away from this. So without further ado, here is the podcast. Hello and welcome to this B2B Essential Skills Week webinar. I am your host, Brand Awareness Manager, Joe Ducaro. Uh, The theme of today's webinar is attention and how to get it. In a world where we're constantly exposed to marketing messages, are you managing to get enough valuable cut through online? Or do you feel like your content is getting lost amongst a never ending stream of sameness? As a marketeer, you have just eight seconds to grab your prospect's attention. So how can you best use that precious time? Joining me to discuss standing out in the crowd and more is a panel of excellent guests. We are joined today by Martin Boyle, Director of Brand and Communications at Lead Forensics. Hello, Martin. Hello, Joe. Uh, We have Taylor Setterfield, Account Manager for Leap Create. Hi, Taylor. Uh, We have Ollie Biddle, Brand Experience Marketing and Content Manager at Collaborate. Hi, Ollie. And we have Amy Kelly, B2B tech marketing consultant and board member of Creative Edinburgh, a nonprofit organization which is the largest network of creatives in Edinburgh. Hello, Amy. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. All the better for speaking to you, lovely people. All throughout this webinar, we are going to be using the chat function. So if anyone in our audience has a question that you'd like to pose to our panel, please feel free to pop it in there. If we get time, we will do our best to answer it. But I think we're going to have a lot of useful and valuable information, discussion topics to get through. So let's start off, shall we? So the first question I've got for you people. What was the last memorable piece of marketing that impressed you, whether that was targeted or not? Amy, let's start with you. So uh, I really believe that a company that is doing amazing things with B2B marketing is Refine Labs. Uh, A lot of people may already be following them. Um, They're headed up by Chris Walker. So he's become a huge influencer. So I think a lot of people watching this probably already know who he is. But I think if we really look at what they've done is amazing because what they've done is really empowered the execs there to become influencers, to very much talk openly and to be more active at building their own profile but all of their content is purely educational and they hardly ever mention Refine Labs. They're always just talking about the problem. They're really focusing on how to help people. And I think that's just done amazing things for their business. And they talk about that quite openly, you know, the whole social element. So, you know, that, that whenever I think of like what is really good marketing in B2B today, I immediately think of Refine Labs and, and Chris Walker because I just think that, Ultimately, when we're coming down to just being human and we're trying to take all the fancy tech away and really trying to think of like, ultimately, how do we just connect with our customer? How do we understand what they're going through and how do we build the best campaigns possible? I think they've done that really well of just really putting themselves out there who work for the company. So when you feel like you're working with them, it is very much like a human to human experience. And um, and so nowadays, whenever anyone talks to me about who, who do you see is really good at sort of, you know, who's a great marketing influencer right now on LinkedIn? That's who I'll always say, well, immediately comes to mind. I wish I could think of someone a bit more diverse, but it's, you know, Chris Walker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's top of mind for me. And if anyone's um, not following right now, I don't know if you've been hiding under a rock. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a well-worn adage, isn't it? People buy from people. And, you know, if you're putting your people front and centre, showing a bit of personality, it's hugely powerful. So, um, uh, Ollie, we'll come to you with the – oh, sorry, Amy, do you have more? Carry on. 
No, I was just saying that you're right there, Joe, because I was going to say it's, it's P to P, not necessarily B to B. Excellent. No, I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, Ollie, we'll come to you the same question then. What's the last piece of marketing that impressed you? Uh, it's, it's a B2C. It's not a B2B, but there's uh, a beer brand that I absolutely love called Jubel. They make a cracking peach beer, if you ever fancy it. Sainsbury's. Um, and they're only about three years old, but their marketing strategy was basically to put their product in front of as many people as possible. And now they're only in one store and they're the third highest grossing 330 mil can of beer in the whole of the UK. Um, but basically the, the example for me is they went down to Henley Regatta and took over a boat and put a DJ on it and just completely threw the whole event on its head, chucked out beer cans to rowers going past. Um, and as a way of generating PR and marketing, I think it was it was absolutely on the nose. Perfect. Oh, that's an amazing stunt. And do you know what? There's a Sainsbury's just around the corner from me, so I might might have to nip round and see if I can put myself up a can about it. So, so then, so Ollie, in terms of um, you know, you said you mentioned that it, it threw the whole event on its head and that sort of thing. How does it make you feel about that particular brand when you see something like that? I think in terms of the marketing that they're doing and, and the way they're creatively putting themselves out there, their their niche is very much centered around the apres ski. And that is, what, 18 to 26-year-olds with maybe a little bit of spare cash in their pocket. And um, I don't know if I'd necessarily put myself in that category. I'm 27 now. <laughs> but as someone who resonates and, and someone who has skied and can kind of share some of, their, some of their values, it was just really obvious. They didn't have to kind of put on a pull-up banner exactly what value they were giving to you. I mean, just them going somewhere like that and and dressing up in funny outfits and putting a DJ on a boat. I mean, it just you just resonate, and it would make me want to pop out and pick up a case of Jubel. So absolutely, you can you can see why they picked that event if that's you know the, the profile they're going after. Absolutely, um, Taylor, we'll come to you. What's the last memorable piece of marketing that impressed you, targeted or otherwise? Um, so mine's a bit different. Mine was a TV advert when I was watching Love Island, actually. Um, but it was a selfie advert by Dove. Um, so for those who haven't seen it, it's this young girl shakes up while she's uploaded a selfie and then they reverse the whole advert. So it's her taking away the face filters and then taking away the makeup. Um, and they focus on how social media has maybe negatively impact um, young girls beauty standards. And I thought that uh, the way that the advert was just created, especially um the way that they positioned it within the Love Island, obviously, you know, it's all about influencers and people looking a certain way. So I thought uh, the way that they positioned it was great. And also um, throughout the advert, it was just like a backing track, which is quite soft music. So the whole reason that it caught my attention was I was listening to all these adverts, you know, wild music here and there. And then there was an advert with nothing. And I was like, oh, and I started watching and I was like, oh, wow. Um, and yeah, I just think the topic's great as well, empowering young women absolutely I've, I've seen the the advert that you mean yeah not to you know admit to watching love island or anything but <laughs> um <laughs> but no it's incredibly powerful it's really it's quite moving and i think it, it's a really powerful advert because you instantly know as soon as you see like so you see the 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 selfie being taken but then it's the makeup's being removed you immediately know where the story of the advert's going and it really does resonate it's a really powerful piece of advertising yeah i, I think that's a fantastic shout yeah it, it's a Great advert. Um, yeah. Martin, we'll come to you. Last memorable piece of marketing that impressed you. Yeah, sorry, just to kind of um, 
what Taylor was talking about, actually. I think the, the kind of emotional reaction for many years was kind of lost in, in B2B, or at least there's the perception of that. And um, Amy's made a great point, obviously, about the, you know, people's people. Me personally, I just love, fun, I love funny stuff, especially B2B. If, if there's some funny stuff on social media, I'm an absolute sucker for it. So little short TikTok videos, um, you know, repost on LinkedIn, work, work a treat. I think there are some really um, funny influencers out there. There's Will, Will Aitken, who's been on this webinar series. Rob Mayhew, who does kind of like London stuff. That's really kind of funny content. Um, another, another guy recently as well uh, that I've been following, a guy called John Davids, and I think he runs a company called Influicity, and his posts are all little success stories, and they're, they're kind of about why things work, and they focus on individuals that have found success in like maybe slightly unusual or interesting ways, and it just gets your brain firing. And I think common to all of the um, examples that we've had, I mean, I just think we're hardwired to appreciate creativity and that's a big part of what makes you pay attention. So, you know, it has to be interesting. Uh, we're talking about attention today. So um, what we're trying to do as marketers is create uh, mental availability, it's called, right, in the minds of our prospects and customers. So, um, you know, studies have shown uh, where... Um, um, where um, are often quite pressed for time you know there's this sort of idea you know it's really logical and the, you know the long sales you know process and all the rest of it not necessarily for everything some people are just really pressed for time people will choose a mentally available brand that's good enough over doing lots of research you know there's that whole like nobody ever got fired for buying ibm uh, so if your competitors are good at being front of mind uh, even if they've got a weak product uh, you kind of need to get your act together pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, just to, to your point, injecting humour into things. I know that, you know, even to give another example, uh, we, I think it was you that you might have even shared it to me, Martin. Chris Van Prague, who was also a friend of the show, has been on a webinar with us before. He made this fantastic video that's doing the rounds at the minute. And what he's done, he's, it must have been on an emulator or something, but he's got this footage of someone playing Pokemon Blue or Red or something like that. And it's just to demonstrate how effective, you know, his whole ethos with Vidyard is sending videos to clients, you know, because that's what the algorithms are hungry for, isn't it? So so this Pokemon trainer gets into a battle and he throws the Pokeball and it says, use Vidyard. It's super effective. It's really, really, really powerful for me anyway, because it was super nostalgic because I grew up playing those games. So that was fantastic. Yeah, they're Really, really good. And yeah, I think injecting humor into our sort of marketing, I think, you know, was something we, we really, really strive for. Um, so to move on to my, my next set of questions. So um, I'm going to preface this by giving some examples of um, psychological principles which are applied in marketing, uh, just to make sure that, you know, our, our audience are all on the same page and, and realize what, what I mean by the following questions. So uh, examples of psychological principle used in marketing, things like reciprocity. So that's a positive reaction in response to a positive action. So Martin tells me about a funny piece of content that he's seen. I smile. It's reciprocated. 
Uh, information gap theories triggering curiosity with attention-grabbing headlines, creating desire to find out more. I think we've all seen those clickbait stories, you know, nine things to do this. You won't believe what number seven is, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, FOMO, I'm sure we're all aware, fear of missing out. Uh, loss aversion, people tend to strongly prefer avoiding loss than acquiring more, that sort of thing. So these sort of techniques are you know, examples of psychological principles for marketing. So with that in mind, which psychological principles have you seen most success with when leveraged in your own activity to prompt action from your audience? So I think, Amy, we'll circle back around to you to go for this one, if that's okay. Yeah. So I think it's a bit of a mix. So I think that the positive reaction in terms of the emotional engagement is always going to have to be there. You're always going to have to have some sort of emotional trigger within your customer for them to remember you um, and then obviously we want that to be a positive emotion so in the past the most successful campaigns that I have led on have been when I'm driving something that is building both together the emotional part of it and then also for probably the information gap theory because I do think in the b2b world when you're thinking of like okay whatever you're ICP is your ideal customer profile when you're building that in and you're trying to understand, okay, what kind of content do they need? How can I help them? You know, ultimately that's the customer first angle of how to market to B2B, within B2B is always trying to think, how can I help? How can I support? How can I delight those kind of elements in a genuine, authentic way? You know, not just flinging stuff out there, <laughs> you know, really trying to think, what do they want? And obviously that comes from talking to them in the first place. So once you... Um, are able to have both that element of the emotion and then also you know how do we engage them and also educate them or provide some knowledge and, and or, or inspiration uh, ultimately I think that that can deliver some of the highest quality content and um, previously I was the director of EMEA marketing user testing which is the uh, the platform that provides human insight massively recommend it's a fantastic platform that allows you to gather feedback at scale and it's very much focused on, you know, human. Again, as we were talking earlier, it's like how to be human. So uh, when I was there, I was um, I ran a campaign that was called the Espresso Webinar Series. And ultimately, that was as simple as something like this. It was just having a chat with people, but always bringing in people within that sector that were, you know, customer experience leaders or whoever that was driving those changes. So that education combined with this really informal, lighthearted way of just communicating with the people that came on as guests, the community that we built was skyrocketed. It just became such a great way to engage with people in an authentic way. It was never selling user testing. It was never, you know, trying to talk about exactly what the features were of the product, nothing like that. It was just talking about the challenges that mm. our audience faced at that time and bringing in people that really knew how to fix that. So I just felt it was, you know, that genuine, authentic way. And again, back to what you were saying there, Joe, is having that, those principles in mind is you've got to have that emotion but then I really think in B2B you really got to also have the education especially if you're in a demand creation world and, and there's not already you know a lot of uh, awareness around this need that they don't even know they have like if you're actually creating that demand in the first place you've got even more education to do there so that's a bit of a bigger task so I would say um, with that in mind that's that's immediately when you said that I, I, that's what came to mind there. Excellent. No, it's a fantastic application of, of, of those two things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Taylor, we'll come to you with the, the same question. Psychological principles you've seen most success with, with your uh, uh, activity. 
Um, so I will have to agree with what Amy says. I think it depends uh, at what touch point you're at in the journey. So I see it as a bit of a funnel approach. I think um, at top of funnel, when you're um, increasing your brand awareness, you might use something like information theory. You want to have a um, point to capture your audience. Um, and then at the consideration phase, you might do use something like social proof um, theory to try and gain that um, like trust and authenticity behind it. Um, and then more at the bottom of funnel, um, using fear of missing out, that's definitely an approach which um, at Leap Create we advise everyone to use at that bottom of funnel to really get people um, over that line and convert them. So the way that you can dial, dial that up, so you can introduce that more at top of funnel, but really at bottom of funnel, that's really what you need to be drilling in. You need to um, drill that up, whether it be, you know, time's ticking, not long left now, or you don't want to be left behind against your competitors. You want them to um, pick you over any other company. Like what, what is it? that you're drilling into that pain point to realize that, you know, you have the solution to that. So I think it really depends on um, at which touch point the user is is at in their journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's crucial. Yeah. Ollie, same question to you. Um, I'm going to go down a different avenue, I think. I would say that for us or for me, Marketing Collaborate, um, which is a brand experience agency, I would categorize it as creative curiosity. And what I mean by that is we as an agency, we're, we're very lucky to work with brands, um, Aston Martin, Goodwood, Louis Vuitton. Um, we've got some great um, great brands under our under our wing, but the way that we market the business, we don't we specifically just target brands that we want to work with. So as a team, we'll get together every month and we'll say, hey guys, which which brand do you want to target this month? We'll call out one specifically. And one campaign that we have running at the moment is we send, I don't have one, I don't have one in front of me, but we have these see-through lock boxes that has a QR code to get inside and it's stuffed with like sweets and goodies and bits like that and a personalized note in it. And the only the, the only way they can get the code to get in is to scan the QR code on top. We send it out completely anonymously, so there's no branding on it. So if they chose not to scan the QR code, they'd never know who we were. But once they're inside, we tell them the story about our finance director picked you because she loves wearing your shoes or um, our marketing manager runs in, you know, your tops or whatever. Um, and it just allows for a really natural conversation. Um, so that creative curiosity of like who on earth has sent me this random box with, you know, chocolates and pot noodles in it, um, then becomes just a really natural, honest human conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think it's probably quite a powerful thing that isn't it? It's almost saying oh, we've got a secret and suddenly oh, I don't tell me what it is. I want to know. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, if a box showed up at my door with that exact thing, I'd be like, yeah, 100%. I'd, I've got to find out what this is all about. Definitely. <laughs> That's a smashing art. Uh, Martin, round us out on this yeah. one. Um, so, I mean, if you're in marketing, you obviously you need to be interested in people and what makes them tick. And uh, you know, I think everyone's absolutely spot on. Amy mentioned kind of community and her answer. And humans definitely have a, a need to belong to something bigger than themselves, even if it's just like a social media page with funny memes. Is that whole idea of connection. Um, I mean, I think knowing that attention spans are super short is quite helpful if you want to just get some attention, you know, get to the point quickly, do something creative, do something original. Um you know, all the stuff that people have mentioned, information gap, fear of missing out. Um, 
you know, create intrigue. You know, if you're sending an email, you don't want to give them everything in the subject line. You want people to open it, you know, and find out more. But you just want that little hook that makes people go, oh, I've got to scratch that itch. Um, we were at um, Ideas Fest um, earlier in the year, which is like an ideas festival, as you might gather from the name. Um, and our social media person, Gabby, uh, spoke to Stephen Bartlett from Dragon's Den, director, CEO, and Third Web. And he's used um, our product, Lee Forensics, and did a really nice piece to camera for us. So, like, social proof from someone who's really successful um, is also super powerful. And I think, uh, just as Taylor said, you can kind of use that in the right busting um, journey. It's, uh, it can be really powerful. So that's that's me i mean not only was it a, a fantastic scoop that gabby got i was hugely jealous that she got to meet stephen bartlett because being podcast host you might imagine he is a hero of mine so yeah <laughs> okay so let's get to a, a meaty question then how do you create b2b content that people actually want to engage with so i think we'll start with taylor for this one how do you create content people actually want to engage with so um, at Leap Create, we have this um, 360 approach that we take. So um, the way that we'd start is by doing a discovery phase. So within that phase, we will um, try and get into the nitty gritty of why. Why are we here? Um, so we'll work with our client um, and we will conduct primary and secondary uh, market research. So when it comes to the primary market research, we might... Um, undertake interviews and workshops to understand really what are the points that we need to bring to market what is it about the product the service um, any part of the business that we need to be able to bring out throughout the messaging and the creative um, and then we'll also do market research to understand what is actually happening within the market itself industries stats and figures that we can bring into this to understand what what is performing well um, after this, we'll then move into the uh, content creation stage. So whether that means that we need to do concept development behind it. Um, however, we'll pull out the key factors that were identified within the discovery phase into that content creation phase. Um, and the way that we do this is we will usually go to market not with just one um, creative, but we'll go with a few different options. And the reason being, which leads nicely into the next phase, is um, for optimization purposes. So we'll go to market and we'll do A-B testing. So whether that's uh, social, like any um, platform, so whether that's paid social, which we do a lot on, um, or even on websites, for example, you might start off by having key stats at the top of the landing page. Um, and then um, further down the campaign, you might move that to the bottom, put a video at the top, see which um, one is performing better with the users, see which one's resonating better with the users. Um, so it's constantly this 360 approach. So you take these um, insights that you gather with these tests and then you optimize the creatives based on that. So, for example, with paid social, you might go to market using industry specific imagery or people focused imagery. Um, in regards to the copy, it might be focusing on different points to entice people um, to go through to the landing page, for example, or take the action you want them to do. Um, so, yeah, by having this 360 approach, it just allows us to create content that we know that the audience wants and resonates with them. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that, that was a very in-depth answer. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Taylor. No, no, genuinely, that was fantastic. <laughs> um, Amy, we'll come to you. What, what do you do? How do you create B2B content that people want to engage with? 
I think Taylor got it spot on. Like you cannot create content that you don't know, not know for sure that people even want in the first place. So I think you have to know your customers inside out. Um, I've just in the last few months started um, a consulting business where you know I'm now meeting a lot of startup leaders and founders. And once they have the product ready, it's like, okay, we now know we need to raise awareness. Like what sort of content should we start creating? And so like, that needs to come first around the customer. So that in-depth knowledge and discovery, as Taylor was saying, it's like really trying to understand them. So spending a lot of time speaking to them directly, understanding their challenges, understanding where do they currently consume the content, you know, what kind of people do they follow to be educated and all that kind of stuff. And how do you build that in? How do you find partners as well to leverage your content? Because a lot of time early stage, when you're trying to get out there and even trying to decipher what that message is, if you're able to find like similar vendors that kind of help you at different help clients at a different stage so it's not competitive but you can almost partner together it's like let's co-create this content you know i definitely think that's how you can create powerful and just more trustworthy content you know we used to do that at user testing a lot is you know create contract content with content squared or qualtrics or these companies that are really well known and being able to co-create with a partner that's already talking to those customers they have the knowledge they can understand which topics are resonating well and um and be able to help you you know create that together and then keep an eye on what you're creating so if you're in a rush and you've just got right i've got to get stuff out there and if you know your customer well enough and you've got a good hunch and you're able to get some stuff out there just always testing and learning always testing and learning always sending that to your customers getting their feedback saying did this resonate with you is this good in your view and getting that feedback at critical stages so always as a marketer i think we're guilty of just leaving the testing and you know, to, to different parts of the companies or business insights or depending on how big the, like the company is, but take responsibility for your, you know, for your content. So always test it, always get the feedback on it. So you can always iterate on it. So you can always make it better. So being able to, as I said, you know, connected to what Taylor says, really knowing your customer inside and out, being able to partner with someone and then um, always testing and learning. Fantastic, yeah, and not be afraid of the, the, the feedback and altering enthusiasm where needed. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Thank you, Amy. Ollie, we're going to come over to you. How do you create content that people want to engage with? I think for, for Collaborate, the, the nuts and bolts of what we are is a brand experience agency. So for us, it's about that in-person experience. So I would challenge, I'm not challenging the term content. Of course, content has to be there, but for us, the way that we would produce our content is by first focusing on the experience. So as a, as a good example, we have just got back from, well, it's only around the corner from us, but we just finished a busy weekend at Revival. We had nine activations, nine projects over the weekend. And our job as, a, as an experience agency is to create those memorable moments for brands at, on site in terms of the way that we would then use that content afterwards would just be based around the creative input that gets put in originally. So for us, it's not necessarily about writing a blog post or, you know, sending the best email possible. It's just about getting brands in touch with either B2B or B2C customers in the best way possible. And then the way that we normally wrap that up and, and measure the success of that is we heat map and we have, um, you know, social analytics and data in that space. So that then the content we can use afterwards to sell our services to the next agency or the next you know automotive brand that might want to go through revival next year is we have a packaged up case study or packaged up story mm. of 
Aston Martin at Randox, sorry, at Revival, and then we have the data, the heat mapping data, which shows passively how many people visited, how many people stayed, how many people returned. And then for us, the content really is just about, again, very conversationally explaining that afterwards. You know, we aren't in the market of trying to send out an email to 10,000 people with the hope of catching one fish. It's, it's we'd much rather build a partnership with a large brand and that's going to come from, from our first hand focusing on our experiences. So I apologize if that didn't answer the question properly, but yeah. No, no, absolutely did. Yeah, no, like, as you say, like, it's, you know, creating that sort of personable experience and, you know, being able to demonstrate, it's like, okay, well, this is how it was last time we did this. Are you interested? No, absolutely. I think that um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Martin, come to you. Yeah. Um, so like the other guys have said, you have to be absolutely crystal clear on uh, your ideal customer profile, who they are, where they are. Um, I think, you know, we've spoken a lot about attention grabbing content, um, and, you know, content that's new, interesting, fun. They're always to grab attention, but you want to hold attention as well. Um, the most powerful way to do that is by creating a community. So, um, you know, what you want to do is develop an audience that trusts you and you're a helpful resource for that audience. So I think something that Amy mentioned uh, right at the top um, uh, around, like I've forgotten their name, but the, the lot that have just, you know, been super helpful. Chris, something or other. Amy, help me out. Chris Walker. <laughs> yeah, Chris Walker. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's got over 100k followers on LinkedIn now, which is, yeah, crazy. Exactly. So, I mean, and today uh, is day one of uh, Dreamforce, uh, which is obviously the Salesforce kind of community thing. And they've got massive headline speakers. They've got Magic Johnson. They've got Chili Peppers playing. You know, every year they attract a big crowd. It costs a bit of money to go, you know, um, but position themselves as a, you know, thought leader and they're delivering for their for their audience, their people, you know, it brings people in. It makes their customers sticky, um, you know, but they've worked on it for years and years and years and years. The first Dreamforce had a thousand attendees and now it's like one hundred and seventy thousand. So, um, I mean, most B2B marketing departments aren't going to have that sort of budget, but. Um, I think the point I'm making is basically you can always deliver value to your audience and make steps or put steps in place to start building a community. Um, the other thing I would say is people, I think, again, this is something that is just kind of built into people. People love stories, you know, um, pretty much since the dawn of time, you know, we tell stories. So have you got a story? Has your brand have a story? Can you turn something into a story? Um, your Your team They've all got their own stories, you know, that they can share on LinkedIn and them sharing their stories or stories related to them working at your brand will have a massive reach as well. Um, you know, authentic, it's relatable. So if you've got stories to share and you're building a community, um, you're on the right track. And then there's, you know, there's tons and tons of different ways to slice it and dice it and measure it. Um, you know, inquiries per channel, you know, are we creating demand, getting more opportunities? Are we growing our social media engagement? I mean, you know, everyone knows all these stats you can use um, for that. Yeah, certainly creating communities is it, absolutely, it's, you know, it, it's a hugely powerful tool at the minute. So uh, just very quickly, we've had a question from the audience for Ollie. Um, how do you come up with your ideas and what processes do you go through to get there? So when okay. you're creating your... <laughs> that's, that's more 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 than not. Um, 
from my own brain. I think one one genuine piece of advice that I could give for anyone who wants to do more creative marketing, especially if you're, I mean, I'm, I have a marketing junior under me, but it's basically I'm a market hold of collaborate. Um, and I don't want to take this down a, a random rabbit hole, but it's to go running. Uh, I run in my lunch breaks nearly every single day. And the best ideas come from when you just switch off. The amount of times I've sat in this office and had to come up with something creative and it just absolutely goes nowhere. Um, put an idea in your in your brain and then just go out for a run. And if you don't like running, go for a walk, but I'd advise a run. Um, and what was the second part, Joe, sorry? Uh, well, you've you've sort of answered it, to be honest with you. What process do you go through to get there? But if that process is running, then I, I think... You know. Or, you know, or it's just getting out a giant sheet and just writing some ideas down. Normally, it just starts off with a word or just a post-it note session. I mean, realistically, you can take inspiration from absolutely anywhere, you know, and then and then just trying to resonate with what, what would I like? I mean, I'm not a traditional marketer in any sense of the word. I, I'm not degree qualified at all, um, but I got my job at Collaborate through creating a video CV and dropping it into the owner. That was a couple of years ago now. Um, and that whole same ethos. I walked a six foot Darth Vader with a QR code on his chest into their Kensington office in London and got past security and had a meeting with the VP of America. So I mean, it's just, just <laughs> do it. It'd be different. That is fantastic. And I'll tell you why that's resonated with me is because in the next room, I have a Darth Vader replica helmet. And just down there, there is Darth Vader's lightsaber. So that would have worked with me as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, just to your point on on running, the number of posts that I've seen, particularly actually Stephen Bartlett does this, like, you know, his best ideas come to him when he's in the shower or there's a Japanese author called Haruki Murakami. And he's just written a book that's called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. And you're nodding your head. You perhaps you're familiar yeah, with. The... You know, I know the guy who runs 10 miles every lunch break or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. sensational. But uh, no, fantastic. Okie dokie. So, um. What steps do you take when preparing your content plans to make sure it's going to be valuable to your ICP? Uh, and I think Taylor will circle back around to you on that one. So um, I think this comes back to ensuring that the discovery phase, um, you gather enough research at that at that stage. Um, so the way that we would um, tackle this at Leap Create is that we would usually create uh, personas for your ideal customer base. Um, and within that, you create as much research as you can in order to understand your audience inside and out. Um, after you kind of gather all of that information and you apply it to whichever your client is and what their um, service is, um, you can then work on the strategy for that to understand what are the best platforms um, for you to reach that market on. And once you know what the best platforms are, then you can kind of work back from there. You can uh, do a concept development behind that or a campaign look and feel. You can then create the um, content for them platforms, whether that be social, website, email marketing. Um, and then it just comes comes back to that optimization phase to make sure that you are reaching your ideal um, customer. So obviously you'll know if you're resonating with your customer, depending on if you're sending everyone through to your landing page and the bounce rates are and um are really high then you know that you're not targeting the right audience <laughs> um one way that we find is a great way to ensure that you are targeting your right audience is by using um stuff like paid social so you have the ability to actually really drill down into the different target segments and it's actually scary at, at what level you can really target people on <laughs> um <laughs> 
so that's a great way to ensure and then once you know your target audience it's just ensuring that you're creating the right content in order to entice some people and once again it's that 360 approach they come back to the wheel <laughs> <laughs> i love presenting back to that yeah. uh, amy we'll come to you on that the same question uh, what steps you take when preparing your content plans to make sure it's going to be valuable to your icp uh, so before I get into that, I, I do want to make a recommendation um, to follow someone else who I recently just discovered, was a, um, who is a woman called April Dunford. Uh, I got recently introduced to her. She did a talk at Turing Fest in Edinburgh. And what she really talked about was how hard it is to be a buyer. And so again, I'm talking about in the B2B space, probably more in the SaaS software space. But when we're talking around within this as a marketer and we're trying to be super careful of like what content we create, if it's not going to be, you know, mentioning any competitors, that kind of thing. And she really hits the nail on the head with talking about how hard it is to buy nowadays. There's just too much choice, you know, from my previous role, just coming from a marketing director role at user testing, I was constantly sold to every day and it is overwhelming. So I think of like that empathy for the buyer straight off the bat, of just you know thinking of the content you're trying to create for that specific buyer and what they go through on a daily basis, the amount of emails they get, the amount of blog posts there are, all of this kind of thing, and having a bit of empathy for them, first of all, first and foremost. Um, but yeah, highly recommend following April if you haven't done already. I think she's got a book called, called Obviously Awesome, which I've just ordered. So, um, But there's a lot of content out there already, so it's hard to get out of the saturated market. And then when you're creating a content strategy, you've got to look at it either from like a pillars as an is this to educate, is this to, to delay, is this to convert, is this to retain? Like we always talk about new customers, but what about the customers we already have? Like we've still got to engage them. Like what are we giving them? So you've got to put that into those different pillars. Um, and then Taylor had mentioned something at the very beginning that's super important, which is the funnel. So you're creating content as well, not only for those personas, those pillars, those buyers. But then also, you know, those different stages. <laughs> so it is, it's really overwhelming. And I think that every, depending on what company you're working for, like if you're working for a massive organization and you've got all this like resources at play, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, doable. But if we're talking to any startups today, you know, I completely empathize with you of how hard that is with limited resources and probably multiple buyers, depending on what product you're selling. So, you know, really trying to look at it from a business priority lens first. Like ultimately, okay, if I've got limited resources and I have this one buyer that I know I need to get, just getting right into what you know they need and how can you help them and, and how can you actually bring them through a journey. Something that marketers have to do now is take more ownership over the holistic customer experience. We do not think of ourselves as beyond just what we do in that one moment or that campaign that we launch or that thing that we do. We've got to think holistically what do we what's our part in the customer experience here um so there's probably far too many <laughs> answers in this one <laughs> one question but you know i definitely think there's a lot to think about there um, and it ultimately comes down to business priority and then what do your customers want and then go and speak to them and ask them what they want and build around that as well i used to do that all the time get your little pack of customers that you build a really good relationship with and have them be your advisors so i'll stop there because i could carry on for <laughs> No, it's fantastic. It's unfortunate that we, you know, we have a limited time on this because I'm sure we could all speak, you know, 
uh, about ad infinitum. But uh, Martin, you were really starting to chuckle there as uh, Amy was getting into her answer there. What, what would you like to add? Well, I just, yeah, I think she's spot on. You know, there's <laughs> a load of things that you, you need to consider. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I just can't add much to that, really. I think, you know, talk, I know it's about getting, uh, you know, attention and mental availability. Can you solve a problem for the prospect? Lower down the funnel, um, I mean, you know, Taylor kind of touched on this stuff that you've got to make sure you've got the concept that works for the prospects. So, you know, driving people to the website, um, that's where, that's, you know, one of the places you, you want them really. And um, now more than ever, audiences, prospects, customers, they self-serve. There's a whole movement towards um, buyer enablement. So, um, you know, you have to kind of plan to make it as easy as possible for prospects to find what they want and to be able to get the answers th themselves, you know. Um, and I think there's a great point uh, you made, Amy, about empathy. But that's absolutely, you know, you should be in the customer's shoes. Um, there we go. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, great answers. That was, yeah. <laughs> so it's a 10 out of 10 for uh, Amy's answer from Martin there. So, Ollie, last but absolutely, by no means least. Um, I think our situation is probably quite different, not to not to play devil's advocate for a second, but we, we've we gone down the route of creating pillars and funnels. And what we are selling as a creative agency is an experience. It's not a tangible offering to someone. So for me, the content plan that we have is all based around our projects. I use this example, right? This is Aston Martin at Festival Speed last year. The, the plinth, the, the stage, is just part of the project, right? But it's two kids having an ice cream with their legs sat over the side, just having a great time, right? In terms of the content that we're going to use for website, for socials, for decks, or anything else like that, for me, this, this is the absolute nuts and bolts of it. It's about working with the right photography team. And again, I know this is a little bit different, but working with the right photography team and building that experience base in there. And then... Like I said, we have gone down the route. We are trying to be more sustainable. We're trying to be more innovative, all this kind of stuff. But the more that we've tried to actually talk about that in terms of our content, the more the message has just become diluted. And mm -hmm. as a creative agency, if you really, really push it down to its core level, and I think one of the points that Martin's touched on earlier about how you tell stories in your team and, and how you share stories of where your company's going and, and bits like that, you know, like you could probably tell from my see-through box out there, it's all just human to human connection. So if we can just make someone's day a little bit brighter from seeing an image, to me, that's better than saying that that was built on charcoal gray with 49 millimeter screws and <laughs> nobody cares, you know? Um, so I'd say, yeah, that's just trying to creatively tell the best story possible, I'd say. And that's a fantastic picture you got behind, Jolly. I really, really like that. Um, okay, so uh, just a reminder, today's webinar has been brought to you by Lead Forensics, uh, which is software that in essence tells you who is visiting your website and can even track specific journeys through your website, along with providing you with valuable contact information so you can close those deals. Uh, if there's one key takeaway you want everybody at home or at work uh, watching this uh, to go away with, what would it be? So... Amy, we'll start with you. One key takeaway, please. One key takeaway. Okay. Um, it's hard to do one. There's a lot um, to choose from, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say one key takeaway. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about different things today, but I definitely think it would be go back to the basics. Go to 
insights, go to customers, figure out how you can be authentic in an inauthentic market. You know, there's there's just a lot in there and it's saturated and people are snipping out, you know, when they're being sold to. So I'd say go back to the basics and figure out what works and get to know your customers better and put the work in and speak to their customers. Fantastic. Amy, thank you so much. Taylor, down to you. One key uh, take. I would, yeah, it's hard to think of one thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I would say get to know your audience. The more that you know your audience, uh, the better content that you can create, which will actually resonate with them. Um, and also think outside the box. Um, so many agencies and so many businesses nowadays are just reinventing the wheel. So I know it's easier said than done, like think outside the box. But um, as Ollie has shown us many examples so far, <laughs> Um, just challenging like usual stereotypes and marketing plans that you're not going to capture your audience in that way so be the disruptor stand out from the crowd thank you very much taylor ollie thinking outside the box one of your strategies literally was a box so yeah. <laughs> what's your your one key takeaway I'd, I'd just say flip everything you know on its head you know burn the marketing books and just find the most bizarre way to reach out to someone you actually want to work with you know wheel a Darth Vader down the street and introduce him at a meeting. <laughs> Ollie, thank you so much. Martin, one final point, one key takeaway. Yeah, it's obviously, you know, put yourself in the customer's shoes, but do that literally with everything that you're putting out there. Just look at it and go, this is, is this interesting or does this bore me to tears? And, <laughs> and you know, like literally on everything. Um, and that's a, that's a tough job, but um, really, that's what we should be doing because we should demand more for our customers as as marketers. So yeah, that's my point. Fantastic. No, excellent. That's a fantastic one to end on, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this webinar. It's been a real treat speaking to each and every one of you. I've really enjoyed myself this afternoon. I hope you have too.